Hey guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please support this podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Talco Supremo. There's a few things we all worry about while at the station pumping gas. For instance, is my credit card going to decline again? Is this guy's cigarette next pump over going to blow us all the smithereens? Or how and why did I even end up at this gas station when I ride a bicycle? Whatever the case may be, there is one thing that you probably never worried about before. Am I going to be shot in the head by a sniper while holding this nozzle? Well, if you lived around the Beltway District in 2002, that was your prime concern. You, like millions of other citizens around D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, were under the crosshairs of two men, two ghosts, if you will, with the sole determination to wreak havoc and chaos upon an entire nation. And you know what? It worked. Welcome back to Talk Murder to Me. Happy Taco Tuesday. I feel like it's been forever since we recorded. I know. Well, I was away. I was in Myrtle Beach for the weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So I lost five pounds. Good job, John. Proud of you. Thank you. I think I gained five pounds. Actually, <laughs> oh, whatever. Oh. Tonight, we are drinking Nectar of the Gods, which is basically just champagne and raspberry liqueur. Cheers. I feel like you should cheers with champagne. Cheers to a thousand likes on Facebook. Yeah. Huzzah. Oh, that's good. I mean, it just tastes like champagne that's red. Mm. With just a hint of sweetness. It also called for some agave syrup, but I don't have that. And also, you don't need added sugar with this. It's delicious. It's good. All right. So. um, That is dangerous. Do you all know the hint? Yes, there were a few hints tonight. Uh, one of them was... Hey, do you just want to read it? Yeah, yeah sure. I can do that. Well, I wrote this poem for you, Jen. <laughs> You'll never catch me, not on this spree. Well, you got to read the whole thing. Oh, I thought I was just reading the poem. Oh, yeah, just read the poem. <laughs> You'll never catch me, not on this spree. And even if you're careful, you can't outrun my, my 223. Try to hunt me down, Mr. Police. I'll send in, send in your best squad. But once the trunk pops open, you can call me God. Heart Shooter McJohn. Shooter McJohn. Oh, do you know that Shooter McGavin? Yeah, from from Happy Gilmore. That's yeah, what I thought of when I saw that. But do you know, I, so I looked up a Shooter McGavin drink and... That's what I was literally thinking of looking so up. He got like arrested recently for DUI. Really? It's his second arrest for DUI, so I'll show you his mugshot. Oh, he did not age well. <laughs> they literally call him Shooter McGavin. Sh- Shooter oh, McGavin <laughs> arrested. It's like he doesn't even have a name. It's just Shooter McGavin. Look how yeah, bloodshot his eyes are. He does are. not look good. He got some cataracts. That's his second uh, arrest, oh. apparently. He's he's not. A, he's not. Christopher McDonald. I mean, that would suck to be... An actor and known as that one character for the rest of your career. I don't know him career. as that one character. He's in a bunch of stuff, but I can't think of what he's in. So <laughs> you, you know, know he's Shooter McGavin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I was thinking of looking up a Shooter McGavin drink, but Nicole found this one and it's really good. So 
Cheers to you. It works. We're going to have some spree cocktails, but we didn't have all the ingredients. What's in that? Mm. That one had like some apple apple juice and like kiwi juice and ooh kiwi juice or or maybe kiwi liqueur. Like where do you find? I've never seen that before. All right, Jen. Nicole knows the story. So where are we going? Who are we killing? I don't know the story, but you did tell me that people guessed it right in the comments, and I accidentally saw the comments. Where are we going, Jen? Washington D.C. So you already know. I saw the comments too. Ah, Damn it. Okay, well, the, would y'all have, would y'all have known if it wasn't for the comments? No, oh, fuck me. I definitely I'm would not just have known. I'm gonna start sending you guys the hint through a text message. That's instead, what you used to do instead of these comments because everyone or, got it right. Or just tell us not to look on Facebook. Or so just say, just say, here's the hint. It's posted on Facebook. Don't look. Okay, I'll do that. So, sh- yeah. so y'all wouldn't have known. No. no. Oh damn it! It was a great hint. I thought I would have. I. Originally, I was going to guess it had something to do with, like, church. Like, I was going to yeah. guess Richard Ramirez. Yeah. Okay, so uh, shout out to, uh, I think, let's see. John was, was the, the first, first one? one. No, Steve was the first one. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure he was the first one I saw. Steve, Brett. I thought it was somebody William. else. William. There's up. some new people on there. Yeah, so hey, Ste- new people. Hey, hey, hey. So, big shout out and uh, dedication to everyone that's got it right. Steve. Lisa, which um, I asked Lisa because she said she was in the area while that was happening. And she says, for sure, we were scared to go places and even stop and pump our gas, which we'll talk about. The shootings were so random. You felt anyone could be the next victim. Uh, Brett got it right. Awesome, Brett. Uh, Lauren. Actually, this story is for Lauren. This was her request. So, Lauren, this is for you and is a very... Um, is a very interesting story, and I spent a lot of time researching it, so I hope you like it. Uh, Abby, um, you, you also thought it could be the Texas Tower Sniper. There's a really good movie on Netflix. Remember yes. that? We watched that? Yeah. that was phenomenal. I didn't see that oh, one. Oh, so she says she hasn't it, saw that. So it's called The Tower, I'm pretty sure. I think you're right. It was like... Um, and it's, it's very artsy animated. done. It was animated, like, almost yeah. like animated Ooh, comic it's, book style. It yeah. was very cool. It's uh, half animation and half real footage. It's Whoa. like, it's really I'll blended well. It's really good. So you should check that out, Abby. And then Lauren, of course, I'm doing your request. Uh, Michael says... Oh, you're way off, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only oh, one no, no, that didn't no. get it. Okay, I, I, think you're, I think you know the story, but... Wrong state. I don't want to give the story away, but no, it did not happen in Alabama. The first one didn't. Okay. But I think you do maybe know the story. So I don't know. I'm not going to give it to you though. William, um, William Cassie, Jenny, and Michael. So this is, like the, this has been probably your most engaged guessing post. Yeah. I yeah. love the interaction from all yeah. of our new tacos. So this is dedicated to you guys. Congratulations. That's a lot of dedications for this surprise shot. This is dedicated to the one I love. Yeah, luckily we're not taking shots per everyone that gets it yeah, right. Yeah, that would be that would be bad. I mean, we do have to work in the morning, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right, eight Debatable. shots. Debatable. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? Okay. Ready? Okay. <laughs> Uh, you should try to sing it in the Alvin and the Chipmunks voice no that would be obnoxious that would be way obnoxious like I'm known for being obnoxious but like that's that would be to the top that's too much for me surprise shots surprise 
headshots. We don't know what they are, cause they're a surprise. Okay! I can't do it. Okay! <laughs> that also almost sounded a little bit like, um, from like Mario Kart. Okay! Here we go! <laughs> Here we go! <laughs> Here we go! Cheers, bitches. That was Jim Beam, Peach Bourbon. Oh, we suck. We've been doing this for two years. I still can't guess the right fucking whiskey. Every now and then we do. That was. I guess it once. It was a mix between the. Well, I did, like like before. I mixed because I only had the um, the nips for like one. I had one nip of the from peach. our twelve shots of Christmas. Yeah, from our twelve shots of Christmas. I have two nips. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when my um, when I was in high school, my uh, history slash baseball coach got fired because he would sit all the girls up in front and crank the air conditioner. Oh yeah, I think he told us that. Yeah, you know, so their nips get hard. Nip nipples, because when it's cold, their nipples get hard. Thanks, okay. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I I didn't think you understood. <laughs> So it sucked. I had to sit in the back. I couldn't see shit. Well, they're se- <laughs> <laughs> they're sensitive, you know, like very sensitive. <laughs> you know what? At least I'll come when, up to the front and read. At least when it's cold out, <laughs> nipples get hard versus Dick's drink. Oh yeah, mine doesn't drink. When it's cold out? No, it's permanently small. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you used that stretcher thing. It goes back into my body when it gets cold. (laughs) Gross. All right. So uh, what do y'all guys know about the DC snipers, otherwise called or also known as the Beltway snipers? Um, I know that like people were like really afraid. It it, it was very fear inducing. And I also know that this drink is excellent. First off, tell me what the Beltway is because I'm not from up there. So the Beltway would be, like, the highways that go around the D.C. area. To Like, we drove on the Beltway when we were driving back from... So it's like a, like a circular... Yeah, it okay, goes gotcha. around... Uh, the Beltway goes around the city. All right, here's, an- here's another question that you'll probably get wrong. Who? Around this time period, okay... We're going to 2002. It was less than a year than some event that happened. What was it? Virginia Tech. Oh, 911. <laughs> Virginia Tech. <laughs> I knew you get it wrong. Well, was it? When was Virginia Tech? I think it was 2008 or something. Yeah. I don't was know. Was it? Yeah, that was like when I was in the oh, Army. I, oh, I was I in high like, school. I felt like that was... Well, do y'all even uh, remember 911? Of yeah, course. Yeah, I was in fifth grade. My dad was supposed to get on a plane that day from Logan, and yeah. I was petrified. Dude, I remember that because I was skipping school that day. So I remember being in my car smoking weed and hearing that shit on the radio. I didn't know. I didn't really understand it, but I was like every station. Was it because you were just like really high or because <laughs> like you didn't understand what was going on? No, every station. Like I was like, fuck, I want to listen to music. And it was like You were every what, a station. freshman in high school? Yeah. Yeah, I was a freshman. That's so weird. I was in fifth grade and you were a freshman. You but had was, a car when you were a freshman in high school? Yeah, I had a car. I thought what you were driving yeah, age I thought you had to be here. Sixteen. Fuck. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> I was in fifth grade. Yeah. No, we had 
And I'll never I know. You were in fifth grade when you got, you got your driver's license? No, I was in fifth grade when 9-11 happened. And my my teacher, um, her sister was also a teacher at our school. And she came in and, like, whispered in her ear. And she, like, broke into tears immediately. And everyone was like, oh, my God, what's happening? And then, like I said, my dad was supposed to get on a flight from Logan um, on American Airlines. So oh, the one that crashed? No, not oh. that flight. Thank God. But like, I didn't know that. So you know I what? was Seth MacFarlane was going to be. Yeah, on one he was of supposed planes. to be on that flight. Um, hmm. But it's amazing like, how every, so everyone has a connective story. On, yeah. On that day. And then my one of the kids in my class, his dad is or was a firefighter, and he ended up going, I think, to New York to help out after the fact. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. All right, so what was life like after that? Because I remember the DC snipers very clearly, and there's one image. We would watch all the nightly news with my dad, so I knew, like, the story as it unfolded. But I'll never forget this one image that's, like, imprinted in my mind of this woman pumping gas, and, like, she has her head down. Like, she has her her hand wrapped around the pump nozzle, and she's, like— ducking you know trying to like hurry up hurry up i gotta pump this shit Mm. so she can get back in her car you know that's all i remember wow i just remember it being a it was a time of high alert but also a big time of like patriotism and unity yeah everyone kind of came together but i remember like the the, i remember anthrax scares were not that that scary yeah Yeah. so So there was just pair it was paranoia everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I think five people died from anthrax. Like people were afraid to open their mail. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. There were like instructions on you know how to how to open mail safely mm-hmm. and basically get your girlfriend to open it. I think I think I remember <laughs> confusing anthrax with Ajax, which is also a white powder. Ajax, what the fuck? <laughs> I was in, like I said, I was in fifth grade uh... at the time, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I do remember the patriotism. I do remember anthrax. I don't really remember the, the DC sniper because I was, you know, not Same. really tuned into that. This is less than a year after nine 11, which was what day, Nicole? It was a Tuesday. Actually. I mean, September 11th. Nicole. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted to get me get really specific. It was a Tuesday. I don't know if you guys, if. If I showed you guys when we were in um, in Mass, but in the Kushnet, which is the next town over from me, they have like uh, a beam from one of the buildings, mm. like as a memorial. All right, so we're going to October second, two thousand and two, at six oh four p.m. This is in Maryland. Okay, your future college. Town, mm-hmm, state. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What? College t- state, Nicole. I Loyola. went to school in, yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's crazy that you were five and I was like, no, 14. I wasn't five. No, no, no. Oh, we I was in grade. fifth grade. <laughs> that's different. That that's different. Quite different. Job. <laughs> you were five and I was like 14. Oh my gosh. If you were 14, that means I was nine. I tried crab legs this past weekend. <laughs> What'd you think? I liked them. I think globsters. What does that have anything to do with what we're talking about? That's a Maryland thing, yeah. (laughs) So we're going to October 2nd, 2002 at 6.04 p.m. We're going here, the Shopper's Warehouse, like a grocery store, kind of like a TD's. Yeah. It's located at 2201 Randolph Road, Wheaton, Maryland. This was the first sniper victim. Now, there was a few minutes before, about 15 minutes before, another shot 
that went into a Michaels and we're going to talk about that, but it, it missed completely. Okay. Mm-hmm. But this is the second shot fired in the first victim killed of the sniper spree. Okay. All right. These what? When I'm probably too early in my question here. Probably. At least she knows. Did the snipers like, were they just shooting to shoot or they were like actually targeting How many specific? S- was it one sniper? Well, I would assume it's more than one. DC snipers is what you've said. Okay, so you guys know it's two snipers. I would guess it's okay. Like it is that. two snipers. I thought I was gonna have that a secret, but I guess you guys know. Okay, wait, what was your question? <laughs> well, I guess it's kind of it, it didn't really. Never mind. Just future John cut that. She, would, no, she was asking if were they just shooting to shoot or did were they really oh, trying to pick people off? No, that's way too early to ask that question. All right. James Good try, D. Though. Yeah, James <laughs> D. Martin was the first victim, and I'm gonna show you him right now. James Dean Martin. No, James D. Martin. Oh, oh, I heard that too, James. Oh, did you really? Yeah, which is a combination between James Dean and Dean Martin in my head, but you know. Okay, this is James D. Martin right here. Now, as I, <laughs> you missed. He it, looks didn't like you? a friendly guy. <laughs> I missed him. Well, it's too bad, Jen. It's too bad. He was at the shoppers, the shoppers warehouse, kind of like a TD's, and he was buying stuff for kids at the Sheffield Elementary School. And he was also buying stuff for his church from one newspaper I read. That's good. They're at the shoppers in Maryland. The lot is completely full. I mean, it's so full that people are driving their cars and waiting for people to come out so they can park. Oh, we had to do that at Quinnipiac because there were there was only one main parking lot um, for like seniors and people who commuted, and we would literally follow people to their cars or like offer them rides when they walked out of the building. And be like, "Hey, can I have your parking spot? I'll give you a ride." It was really sketchy. It's a good thing that no one got kidnapped. James D. Martin. He was actually he got out of his car. He was walking to the store, and a shot fired, and it was a crack. Now, no one really knows what that sounds like if you haven't heard it before. We talked about it on the Vegas episode. Mm-hmm. But everyone just saw this guy grab his chest and fall down right in the pavement about 20 feet in front of the door, the uh, entrance, the sliding doors mm-hmm. of the shopper's warehouse. And he grabs his chest and he dies right there. Wow. Yeah. So it was like a perfect shot to the heart. Yeah, it was a perfect shot through the back. All right. So, shot through the heart. Jen, come on now. Now that. Sorry, I had to finish that one part. I'm okay, done. Okay, I'm you. done. Yeah, I'm gonna cut it. There was a district police station actually across the street, and <laughs> they jumped up. The officers jumped up because they know what that sounds like. Now, as he was walking to a store, he was shot in the back, and a store CCTV shows quote a man grasping his chest before falling down and dying on the pavement. Ooh, seems pretty ballsy for a shooter to be right near a police station. Yeah. So. There was no gun, no gunman found. It was like he was shot by a ghost. He was killed by a ghost. And keep that in mind, it's going to be very important. Now, let me tell you about this guy, James D. Martin. He was a 55-year-old, and he was actually going home to his to his uh, suburb home in Stonegate neighborhood. He is a, um, a uh, 55-year-old program analyst for uh, NOAA. Y'all know what that is? Yeah, like the, the weather. Yeah, there you go, the weather. And he was a father of 11-year-old, which is the majority the majority of these victims are fathers or mothers, which is insanely sad. But anyway, this is from the Baltimore Sun Friday August Friday October 4th, so one day after 2002 if you want to read this. This is about James D. Martin. 
He was extraordinarily friendly from the time he moved in, she said. When trick-or-treaters called, he was known for making a big fuss over them. He was the first sniper victim. Now, we're in Montgomery County, Maryland, where there is virtually no crime at all. This is a very affluent city we're in. Affluent. Affluent city we're in. About one million people. How many homicides do you think a year per one million people? Ten. Close. Twelve. About a dozen. Wow. Here's how I'm doing this series, the DC Sniper series, right? The first episode, I'm going to go through the beginning murders, one through seven, real quick. Mm -hmm. And then the next episode, I'm going to tell you who's doing this. Because you probably don't know who's doing this. Do you have any idea who this is? No. Who these guys are? No. Not yet. Are they white or black or Latino or anything? Do you know? I'm just going to say white. Okay, so... The next episode, I'm going to go through the complete psychology and why these guys decided to do this. Is this a ter- is this an act of terrorism or is this just some spree killers? You know, because that's a very important question to ask. And everyone was asking that because guess what? It's not so even the anniversary yeah. of 9-11 yet, right? Mm. James D. Martin was killed at 6.04 p.m. on October 2nd. 6.04 p.m. Okay. Of- we 2002? Yeah, 2002. So it was just the anniversary of 9-11. Now, victim two, we're going to October 3rd, 7.41 a.m. So literally not even a little over 12 hours has gone by for the second victim. Okay. is a strong-looking businessman. His name is James L. Buchanan, but everyone that I read in the papers called him Sonny, S-O-N-N-Y. That's him right there. Oh, yeah. He looks like a sunny. Oh, I wonder where I could go to see these pictures of this case. Go to talkmurder.com. There you go. He looks like a a nice <sighs> Italian man. Okay. Now, Sonny is actually behind his buddy's car dealership, the Fitzgerald Auto Mall on Rockville Pike. He's actually helping his buddy at 741 in the morning. He's mowing the lawn for his buddy. If you want to read this, Nicole, this is from the Times and Democrat, August 12th, 2002. Buchanan is a 39-year-old poet, a self-employed landscaper who likes to teach children about plants. He has moved to Virginia and had Christmas tree farm he owns with his father, but he still comes back to Maryland and mows the grass for the dealership, as he has for 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, actually, I was reading in uh, another paper. He actually... Quit his job as a landscaper. I mean, he retired, basically. And he moved to his father's location just to help him build the dream home that they both shared. Like, since the, he was young, his father's been talking about building his own custom house and how he wants his son to help him do it and stuff like that. So he was there doing that, building this home for his father. And he had came back to Maryland you know, to take care of business. And he was mowing a buddy's lawn for his dealership, like not getting paid or anything, just doing it out of the kindness of his heart, right? As he pushes the mower forward, and it's one of those push mowers, it's 741, Mm -hmm. there's a crack in the air. Now, he stumbles forward and falls on the ground. A pool of blood goes everywhere, and there's two employees out there. 39-year-old James Sonny Buchanan, a landscaper, active in local girls and boys clubs, shot down while mowing the lawn outside this car dealership. He was just doing a favor for a friend. 
typical of his generosity. There's a loud sound like a huge object hitting the ground, thinks body shop manager Gary Huss. Outside, Buchanan stumbles 200 feet into the lot and collapses, face forward. A hundred dealership employees surround the bleeding man. They, too, react to the murder with disbelief. Surely the lawnmower exploded. When the ambulance arrives about 10 minutes later, emergency workers find the hole in his chest left by the bullet. Oof. Uh, this guy's lawnmower did something, man. It chopped him up. He's bleeding real bad. He's down and out. So they think the lawnmower exploded. They exactly. Ex- and that's, that's going to be... A common occurrence in this story. It's anything but a sniper. Anything but. There's one 911 call you're going to hear. This woman was vacuuming her car at a gas station, and she says, I think the vacuum cleaner exploded or something. Hmm. Because they wow. hear a loud sound, but if you hear a loud sound like that. Who would think it's a sniper? Who was going to think it's a sniper? It's yeah. not like there's someone with a gun that you can see. Okay, these these guys, these snipers, were 100 yards away. Okay, a hundred yards is a football field away. Yeah, you don't see the muzzle flash. You don't see this. You don't. You don't really hear the sound of a high-powered rifle because it's so far away. Anyway, I'm gonna get to that. Did I ever tell you guys about the time when I was walking from? Um, this is when I was a manager at, at my job at um, in Massachusetts. But I was walking from the building to my car. And with another manager, and we heard like bullets fly past our heads. Did I hear tell you about that? It was really scary. No. Were they really bullets? It wasn't like right near our head. It was probably like a, like maybe 50 feet away, but still, yeah, it was like... They were legit bullets? Who like, was sh- yeah, I don't know where they were coming from, but it was scary. Was it an actual bullet? Was I someone see, shooting? I didn't see the bullet, but it was like a, like a... How drunk were you? I was coming out of work. I was sober. But were they really bullets? Oh, or do you think it was something else? You know they were bullets. What? I remember the first time I got shot at. I knew exactly it was a bullet. And well, it hit I had right never by my been feet. shot at before. Oh. I hadn't either until I got shot at. And I was like, well, that's a bullet. Was <laughs> it a B- do you think it was like a BB gun? I don't know. But it was like, it was more than just a crack. It was like a crack. And then we heard it like speed, like go past us. Hmm. It's hard okay. to explain now. It was like several years ago, but the doctors actually once they get him to the hospital. Now he's he's dead before they even get him there. He literally bled out on the pavement. Okay, they think it's an accident because the nine one calls like I think the mower exploded. I mean, they literally thought the mower had exploded and the blade had came out. You know, which is why they made those safety guards, and right. it had chopped them up. Oof! Not until he was at the hospital because remember this is a second victim. Within, you know, 12 hours, they thought that one was an isolated incident, maybe, or something, you know. The shopping or center? Something, yeah. No one would think it's a sniper. No one thought it was a sniper until victim four, okay? Mm, gotcha. Now, he gets to the hospital, and that's when they pulled the bullet out of his hip, Ooh. okay, that had jammed in his hip. That's when they were like, wait, this is no accident. This is an actual murder. I'm surprised he bled out from a bullet in his hip, no? Well, it went through... I'll get to this, but a two two three is a very large round. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a it's a sniper rifle. I mean, you get hit with a sniper rifle, you probably ain't gonna die. You probably ain't gonna live. Anywhere. I mean, you got probably about a sixty percent chance you'll die. Wow. Yeah. Even now, if I'm just this like is the, hit in the arm. This is the second murder mm-hmm. in this county, Montgomery County, in thirteen hours. Okay, second murder. Victim three, 
Do you happen to know what the current uh, homicide rate in D.C. is? And what it, it I was just like- said 12. No, no, no. D.C. Current. I don't know. It's like, pretty high. Currently. D- no, Washington, it's not. D.C. No, it used to be the murder. It is the murder capital of the world, but the very affluent neighborhoods, there's no murders well, at all. I, like second to Chicago, though, right? I don't know. Anyway. It's very high. Victim number three, his name is Prem Kumar Walikar. Okay, wh- where does he come from? India? India. There you go. So the f- first two men were white. Now you have an Indian. Mm-hmm. Okay, so already there's... There's hardly no linkage here at all. Okay. Okay. It's, it's starting to look like it's completely random. Right. Right. I mean, he hasn't shot at a woman yet. True. You know, but who knows, right? This is 31 minutes after Buchanan, Sonny, oh, wow. San, uh, Sonny the, the one with the lawnmower. Yep. 31 minutes after. So the police are responding to that, and then they figure out it's a homicide. Now they're going back to that crime scene. Because after the, you know, the doctor's like, wait, this is a homicide, not an accident. Then they go mark off the crime scene. 31 minutes later, literally while they're at that crime scene, this one happens. A 50-year-old man, his name is Prim Kunar Walaker. I probably pronounced that wrong. I'm sorry. But 30 years ago, he actually immigrated to America. Mm-hmm. Okay. He came over here to send money back to his family in yeah. India. Now, okay. he's not married over in India, but he still has family to send sure. money to. Parents okay. and stuff. He came over here to go to college, and eventually he was going to retire and go live with his parents and, you know, his family back in India. Okay. Okay. Now, when he came over here, he actually started doing really well for himself. And eventually he bought his own taxi cab. His like his own taxi cab, and he was a taxi driver. Okay, so he was going to college, and he was a taxi driver. He actually had a wife too over here. He met his wife about four years after he got here. Mm-hmm. In fact, this day, this day was the twenty fifth anniversary of them being married. Oh, okay? okay, that this happens. That's sad. He's on his way to the gas station. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he actually passes his wife. They drive by each other and they wave. Hey, honey, you know I'll be home in a minute. Just got to get gas, Mm. come back home. He goes inside to buy a Lucky Lotto ticket, you know, Mm -hmm. and then he comes back and he starts to pump. Now, this is in his taxi. Keep in mind. This is from the uh, Times and Democrat, October 12th, 2002. Police Corporal Paul Kukuka is driving nearby. It No. Police Corporal Paul Kukuka is nearby driving to the funeral of a fellow officer who died of a heart attack when a woman runs toward him, her arms waving. This man has just been shot. He's bleeding, she shouts. Kukuka runs to the pumps and finds Wellaker, Wallakar, blood flowing from his chest, dying. Okay, here is the picture of that. You see the blood? Ooh, yeah. yeah. That's tough to look at. Yeah, I'm putting all these pictures on uh, talkmore.com, so be sure to go. Here, you can read this. It's very sad because I uh, actually watched a video of his son. I think he was like 20 years old, and he just broke down in tears, you know. Because, I mean, his his father, you know, the one that just got murdered in broad daylight, is a good, outstanding man with kids and a wife. And he was... Coming over here, and he was working his ass off making something of himself so he can retire in India. And all of a sudden, at a gas station, pumping gas, his life is over. Things like this always happen to good people. He never did anything. That's his son. 
and he believed in God and I don't know, I guess stuff happens. He's, I know he's in heaven for a fact, you know, because he never hurt anybody. I don't even know if I'd be able to be that composed to even give any sort of interview if something like that happened to one of my family members. Well, here's a photo of um, his son breaking down at his funeral. You see mm-hmm. him right there. That's yeah. the casket. Oh. It's a dedication That's to uh, him. I mean, mm. this is a very sad story, but it's, extreme, it's also a very extremely interesting. If you want to read this, this is from the Baltimore Sun. Family and friends gathered yesterday to bury Prem Kumar Walakar, a taxi driver slain Thursday at an Aspen Hill gas station. Walakar, 54, was remembered as quiet, funny, generous, and caring, a man who showed his affection with a gentle pinch of a child's cheek. Family friend Lazarus Borge told the mourners that Wallachers was indiscriminately shot. No, in, indiscriminately. They, they misprinted in the paper. Was indiscriminately shot dead by an elusive assailant. Those evil hands entered his life like a snap in an instant. Like a snap in an instant. Okay, so I said we're going pretty quick through these. There's a lot of victims. And the reason I'm going really quick is because... I want to set the pace of what they were going at. I mean, right. this was 31 minutes later. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm going to get to why they were going so quick and killing so many people really quick. But victim number four, this is 8.36 a.m. So count this down with me. The first vi- the victim number two was 7.41 a.m. Okay. 31 minutes later would be what? 8. 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this victim, victim four, 836, 27 Fast. minutes later. Mm-hmm. Okay. The same day, 27 minutes later. Okay. This is Sarah Ramos. I'm going to show you a picture of her right now. I'll put these on talkmar.com if you guys want to see. That's her right there. Mm-hmm. You want to guess where she's from? Brazil. Mm, Mexico. Portugal, Puerto Rico. She's a 34-year-old housekeeper and babysitter, a wife and a mother of a seven-year-old mm. boy. She was sitting on this bench at 8.36 a.m. in the morning. And at 8.37, she was shot in the head. Mm. If you see, this is the bench right here. Wow. Oh my goodness. Do you see the bullet? Holy shit. The bullet hole. Had some thick glass. It's very thick glass in this window. She was sitting right there. You see her head. Your head would be about right there if you were sitting on that bench. Wow. It went directly through her head. They didn't replace that glass. I mean, this is the crime scene. This is literally the crime scene. Oh, well. So, so is it all to me, though? I mean, they got one guy in the chest, one in the head. It's to me, it seems like maybe these guys are like professionally trained. That's a good point. Keep that in mind. This is the same thing you see. So she's sitting on the bench here and there is the bullet. Wow. The, um, this is also a kind of hard, hard to, uh, view photo right here. This is the actual crime scene. Do you see her? Oh gosh. She's in that tarp. Mm. Okay. And, uh, here's another picture of that. This is the amount of blood. That same tarp right there, that's oh, the bottom wow. of it. 
Yeah. So it's very graphic. Very graphic, uh, for sure. This is from the Baltimore Sun, um, October 27, 2002, if you want to read that. A little more than a mile away, in front of a post office in Silver Spring, a Salvadorian immigrant sits on a metal bench and reads, Sarah Ramos was a law student in her native country. Now she is a 34-year-old house cleaner waiting for her ride to work. The shot, like all others, comes from nowhere. It passes through her head and into the crisp and juicy carryout restaurant behind her. She was sitting on the bench, just sitting there, says a waitress, Dolores Walgreen. It is 8.37 a.m., and three people have died in the past 56 minutes. Oof. The 56 ni- minutes? The nine one, three people in 56 minutes. The 911 call that came in said, please hurry. This woman has just committed suicide. The girl just shot herself. She just shot herself. And she shot herself what? in the head. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't see anything. You don't you don't know. I'm going to tell you right now, this bullet and many of the other ones were actually traveling across a four-lane to six-lane highway oh with cars God. going in between. Now, okay, did the bullet... any of the victims, like, were any of the victims traveling in a car? And no, no, no. no. They were all stationary or walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sarah Ramos, 34, who also spoke little English, had been the primary wage earner in her small family, supporting her husband and their seven-year-old son, Carlos Jr., Gaffigan said. She worked full-time as a housekeeper and nanny for Gaffigan's family and several of his friends and relatives. She just radiated love, he said. She had such a sweet way with children. When Larry Gaffigan and his wife, Barbara, sat down to explain to their children that they would never see Sarah Ramos or James Martin again, the children, Kelsey 7 and Jacob 10, wept and grew angry, Gaffigan said. So how how was Martin related to Ra- yeah. Ramos? Oh, did oh, it go oh. in there? Did it go in there? I was gonna. I was about to bring that up. I was about to bring that up. So James oh, I- D. Martin, this was the only link, and it's not even a link, it's Purely coincidence, but James D. Martin, the first victim from that shoppers, was a friend of this guy Gaffigan, Carlos Gaffigan. Okay. Carlos Gaffigan also employed Sarah, Sarah. Ramos as a housekeeper. That is a very coincidental, total, total coincidence link mm. in the wow. chain. That's wow. the only link you'll see in this whole story. And that's a good question. I'm glad you caught that. It's very... Uh, is very ironic. It has nothing to do with planning or anything. These all were victims of opportunity and of randomness. Mm. But it is very ironic that this man lost two friends, a housekeeper and one of his best friends. I mean, what I mean, I actually read a whole article on this guy and it talks about like how is even possible to even move forward from this. Like, he just lost two good friends. You know, right. it's like crazy. But, okay, so since, even though it was a coincidence, was he questioned, Gaffigan? I'm sure he was questioned, but, I mean, and he did media appearances, too, because there's, if you type in his name in the new newspaper archives, you know, he's there talking to media. Right. But it, it's probably, he was questioned, and it was quickly like, okay, this is not in anything. I'm sure... He was thought as not a suspect, but like person a person of interest. of interest. Like someone may have linked him somewhere. Like he may be. A but link. also, th- was this guy a professional? Because clearly, who's ever is doing this has some serious shooting skills. 
Yes, he was a professional. And I'm going oh. to get into that in the next episode. He, if no, wait, Gaffigan or the sniper? No, no, no. Gaffigan is just an old guy that was oh, friends. Oh, I thought you were about no, no, no. to say Gaffigan was no, no, actually no. a professional shooter. No, and the then sniper. I the sniper yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to get into that. It's episode two, but I'm telling you, if there's one episode two that you need to listen to, it's this one, because I'm going to break down so much crazy shit that no one else has gone into. Okay. okay, can I ask another question? Yeah, go ahead. So, so far we've gone through four. Yeah. Are all four one sniper? Or are these, are they alternating? Uh-huh. That's a good question. I'll answer it. Is one sniper. So far. So far, yeah. Interesting. Because hmm. that's a lot of movement to be made in 56 minutes. Yeah, that's no, no, especially no, 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 in DC no, no, no. traffic. I, I'm sorry. The, l- let me just tell you how it is right now. There's two men in a vehicle they travel together. They're not uh, splitting up, if that's what you mean. Oh. Okay, yeah. But, but there's one man shooting. See, that's And the I, other's a lookout. Oh. See, okay. I, I, gotcha. I was under the impression that since they were so close together, that maybe they were double teaming and yes. like one was in one oh, okay, location yeah, and going yeah. to another yeah, location. That's a good point. That's, that's not the case, but that's so, a very good point. So you did up. the driver ever shoot or was just the driver? He was just a driver. Interesting. And the lookout, which is a very important thing. Hmm. So. Okay, okay. It's interesting that they thought that she killed herself because wouldn't you see that she didn't have a weapon in her hand? Sarah Ramos. They said that they thought that she had killed herself, but yeah. there was no, she would not have had a weapon in her hand. Yeah, but like I said, they like, probably would have figured it out as soon as they got there. But the guy that called it didn't see anyone come and shoot her in the head. Right. There's so, no one in the parking lot. So so it was like, it's a, like was it a driver that was driving by and just saw her like No, it was somebody walking in the parking lot and then all of a sudden her head blows off oh. and there's no one around her. There's no one even in the parking lot. Right. No one's running away or anything. It's just like Who is it? Well, she just literally got her head blown off. The obvious conclusion is she got shot. Right. So she she must have shot herself. Okay, yeah, like it, it was, see, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, the the main important part is you don't see these guys. Right. They're a hundred yards plus away. That they're using a sniper rifle, and you know you cannot see them. The only thing you can see is like a muzzle flash, like we talked about in the Vegas episode. But he's so far away that you can't even see that anyway. Plus, right. it's in broad daylight. Yeah. You can hear the sound, the crackle of the bullet, but a hundred yards away. It may not even sound like that, you know, and plus all these cars going by. This is 741 in the morning. Everyone's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? This is crazy. Like, all right, here we go. And hey, good evening from New York. A manhunt is on. Okay, this is John Roberts. This is a CBS News from 2002. This is like a week after. This is a few days after the event. I'm just pulling old. Uh, I'm pulling old. uh newspaper or I'm pulling old news clips to kind of build the story. A manhunt is on tonight after a bizarre and deadly shooting spree in Maryland began last evening, continued into mid-morning today, and the police can only hope it's over. CBS News correspondent Joey Chen joins us now live from Rockville, Maryland with the very latest. Joey? John, much of suburban Washington is on alert as a search continues for one, possibly two men, a white truck and a motive for a seemingly random series of shootings of five people. Okay, did you hear what she said? A white truck. A white truck. Okay, so here's what happened on the fourth shooting. A witness came forward and said they saw a white box truck 
leaving the area at a high rate of speed. Hmm. A box truck like a moving truck? Or what do you mean by box yeah, truck? Yeah, um, oh. um, uh, that's a good question. So it was actually an Isuzu truck, and I'm going to show you right now. It's Ooh, like the ones that uh, uh, you see on Dunkin' Donuts and stuff. They, they, they drive them. It's kind of like a, uh, a donut truck almost. So, <laughs> so yeah, like a, a mov- like a moving truck. <laughs> yeah, like a, it has a it has a cab and then it has uh, the yeah. The, yeah. So th- this is the actually the one that they were looking for, something yeah, okay. like this. Gotcha. Okay, but that's not the actual vehicle they used, but. That's what they were looking yeah, for. Yeah, so you probably saw that uh, other thing there. They were actually driving this blue Caprice. Oh, right okay. here. This is what they were driving. That's that's starkly different. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what they just happens, happened to see the other car at the exactly. same time? Exactly. So the chief of police for Montgomery County, where these four murders have happened, his name is Chief Moose. He actually honed in on this white box, or excuse me, he honed in on this white truck box truck theory, and he pushed that everywhere. All of the information about the white box truck, the composites that we put out about the the uh, vans from Spotsylvania County, all of that is still relevant information, very important information to our investigation. Mm-hmm. So now you have thousands of calls coming into the hotline they set up saying, I see a box truck. There's a box truck on the interstate. They were pulling over box trucks. But there's like thousands of box thousands, trucks. Thousands, thousands of box trucks. And it's not even the one they were using. Mm. They weren't even using a box truck. Mm. It was just one. You see how one witness can completely. And he didn't mean to. I mean, he saw a, a white box truck leaving. You know, he's probably right. just driving like an asshole. But that completely derailed the investigation and sent it off into this tunnel vision, which we see in so many cases. They're all looking for this white box truck, and he's not even the box truck, you know? And that was a very big part of this story. He took off right away at the light, hit tail, took 95. But we did hear the shot and saw the van at the same time. Okay, not only that, but as we talked about earlier, this was a year after 9-11. So... Perhaps it's terrorism. You know how Bush was all about terrorism? Mm. This is from the Associate Press. This is from their archive section, which I definitely recommend you guys subscribe to. Archive section. I definitely recommend you guys subscribe to this. I did not have sex with that. Oh, wait, that's not him, is he? No, (laughs) different guy. He wasn't a very tall man, was he? Yeah, sniper attacks. uh, First of all, I'm just sick sick to my stomach. I actually remember this exact interview when mm-hmm. I was in high school. Isn't that crazy? Like, yeah. I remember this so well, this exact footage. Fucking nuts. Uh, and you know how my memory think sucks. think that there is a cold-blooded killer at home taking innocent life. Uh, I, I weep for those who've lost their loved ones. I am... Con- I, you know, the idea of moms taking their kids to school and sheltering them from a potential sniper attack is, is not the American I know. Well, first of all, it is a form of terrorism, but in terms of the terrorism that we think of, we have no evidence one way or the other, obviously. But anytime anybody is randomly shooting, randomly killing, randomly taking life, it's a, it's a, it's cold-blooded murder, and it's, a, you know, it's a sick mind. It's obviously loves terrorizing society. And, uh, we'll do- He's not really one with words. Loves terrorizing society. I'm really, I'm just that made no sense. 
I, I, you know, <laughs> loves terrorizing society. What the fuck? When I, you know, it was, it's interesting. George yeah. I, I wish that I remembered more about his presidency. Oh my god. Other, <laughs> other than, other than like the fact that he was known as like this bumbling buffoon. Yeah, he was. And like, I obviously was not old enough to understand the politics behind. I mean, I'd eat a hot dog with him and drink a beer with yeah, him, I would but too. you I'd do know, do some cocaine with him, maybe. Okay, tell me that may have been Bill. Nicole, tell me, tell me why this can't be Al Qaeda, or this isn't Al Qaeda doing this? Because I mean, this is right after two thousand one. Well, I think it's random. It's too small, and they have to know the infrastructure. And well, they didn't claim. No, there's plenty of uh, yeah, yeah, ISIS cells over here right now living. They didn't claim, probably in Mount Pleasant. They didn't claim any. Boom. Mm. Very good, Jen. Give her a sticker. They did not claim responsibility for any of the victims. That's how they knew. Or most people in uh, you know the higher agencies knew that it, it wasn't was Al Qaeda. Exactly. Because what happens when Al Qaeda, you know, kills someone or blows something up? They want to take credit for shit they didn't even do. Exactly. Didn't they, they, there was an Air Force plane that also crashed today. I think Al Qaeda claimed responsibility for that. Okay, this wasn't a terrorist act per I think se. They're trying too but hard. The um, the FBI, ATF, U.S. Marshals, and the Secret Service were all involved at this point. Now, this is only in one person. We're only up to four at this we're point. We're only in four, so. and we're only in one county. So you have Chief Moose, which is that guy right there on your screen. He is leading the investigation. Now, he gets a lot of backlash, but I looked at some of his older videos from the 90s when he was cleaning up the city streets and stuff, and he seems like a pretty you know, straightforward dude. But, I mean, he has a big responsibility now. And he'll say, he, he said, quote, the homicide rate in Montgomery County, where these four murders have happened, mm-hmm. have skyrocketed 25% in the last 13 hours. Okay. Remember, 12, yeah. um, uh, 12 a year. And now you add four more to that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's it's fast tracking right there. That's fast tracking. This is a little bit about the panic that was ensuing. Like I said, if you... If you're not old enough to remember, you really don't get it. But people were scared to pump their gas. People were scared to do anything. Little shit that you take for granted. You know, like when you're at the gas station, Jen, you're like picking your butt because there's like toilet paper stuck in there. You know, (laughs) it's like, how do you know, John? (laughs) But I do, do walk around my community with a little more caution than I did before. When I'm up here at the shopping center and I walk by the bus stop and I, I thought about it uh, for the first time. Um, so as I'm going about my normal life, I, I definitely have a lot more caution. See, but I think that they're also targeting people who are, well, I guess the lawnmower guy wasn't really stationary. But if there's a sniper around your area, like I, I definitely wouldn't stop to be interviewed because then that's a exactly, chance that yeah. that you know something could happen. Like yeah. I'm not trying to stand still and become a still target for these people. They were actually there's actually this group called the Guardian Angels. I saw a little um, video of them. I think they're a religious 
um, like maybe, I don't know, Baptists or, or whatever, you know, just good Samaritan types. But they would go to the gas stations. They would, you know, just be at the gas stations and they would pump your gas for oh, you wow. while you sit in the car. That's brave. And like, yeah, oh, yeah, because they're not wearing vests or anything. They're sitting there pumping the gas. I'm like, dude, you guys have a death wish. Like if I, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say that I would never do that. But if I did that, I would need to be wearing some sort of protective yeah. vest and helmet. Like SWAT gear. Yeah, exactly. And it's troubling. But, uh, you know, the residents of Washington have faced an awful lot of stuff in the last year. From people flying airplanes into buildings to the anthrax attacks. We face, you know, crazy shooters most days of the year, at least the threat of it. Uh, So we're just trying to go along as business as usual. When you think about the attacks that have happened, you know, the anthrax, this and 9-11, it's it's sad. But then I think about where we are and like where I've lived in Boston, like, well, I wasn't really in Boston. I was closer to the Cape, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. But like what like if something were to happen, like. Where, where do you think that people would go next? Like, I don't know if they would come here. I mean, we're a major port in Charleston, mm-hmm. so it could be a target. But at the same time, like, wouldn't you go to, like, a major, major city? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I don't even know what the point of that question was. It was just a thought. Pascal Charlotte was a father of six. Now, he is the first victim outside of Montgomery County. Okay. So the first four happens in Montgomery County. Now, he's the first one that is outside of that county. In Georgia Street. So he got shot walking across the street. Now, I was reading in the newspaper, everyone that saw him get shot, okay, he's dead in the street. They all run to the local Waffle House, and they basically get down and cover because they're, you know, everyone's scared of shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Did you know... That Waffle House on Valentine's Day has like this, t- like white linen, like Valentine's Day dinner. Well, that's Aww. really depressing. I think that's sweet. Yeah, maybe I'll spend my Valentine's Day there by myself. Yeah, you We're will. S- this morning at approximately nine thirty-five a.m., the Spotsylvania County Sheriff's Office responded to uh, the Exxon Station at Route One in the intersection of I ninety-five in reference reference to a black male being shot uh, at the time of that shot at the time the shot was fired a Virginia State Trooper was across the street working a traffic accident he heard the shot responded over to assist the uh, victim uh, rescue squad responded the victim was transported to the hospital where he was pronounced dead he's a black male that's the only thing I have right now obviously we're in the preliminary stages of this investigation it's so interesting, like, like when you think about the division, like, the Mason-Dixon line, like, when you think of D.C. and and even Maryland, like, there's no really Southern accent. And then that state right below in Virginia, it's like, there's a Southern accent. There it comes. With, with a uh, uniformed trooper directly across the street, obviously we're dealing with an individual that, that's uh, extremely violent and, uh, and obviously doesn't care. So that's the gas station. Like I said, this is the second gas station murder. Hmm. I mean, so that's a commonality a I'm, little bit. I'm I'm also wondering if they were targeting just people at gas station pumping their gas just 
because or if they were hoping that if they missed, if they could, if they caused more destruction by shooting into like a gas tank. Mm. Wondered if that was possible motive. Mm, I don't think so. I mean, because the reason I say that is because they're not going to miss. Well, yeah, I mean, the they're, they're, I they're right. trained. Yeah. This is Caroline Sewell. She's 43 years old. She's from Spotsylvania County. She's at the Michaels. It's like a Hobby Lobby, right? Michael's Home yeah. Goods store. Yeah, it's she's like, at, a, yeah. like a craft store, like AC Moore. She's at the Michael's and she gets shot by a sniper. Now, she is the first victim here to survive. Oh. She actually survives the the shooting. Okay. Wow. Did she see anything? No, she didn't see anything. She just got shot and hit the ground. Mm. And luckily, they got her you know, uh, bandaged up because she was losing blood really bad. Well, what do we got so far? We got white males. We got a black male. We got in, uh, someone from India. Okay. And then we got, um, a was Salvadorian, like an immigrant, right? Oh yeah. You never said where she was from. So El Salvador. No, Salvadorian. It's said in the newspaper. Oh yeah. From El Salvador. This guy, it, it seems random. really random. Yeah. I mean, but he's not like, all right. So, He's not just picking off one it's, race. It's weird that he's going to different locations and picking off random people. You know, it, like instead of just picking off people in a single location. Yeah. I will give you this one tidbit before the next episode. The planning was intense for these. And every one of these locations is right by a major highway. I'm talking about all they got to do is pull out. Yeah. Easy getaway. And get right on the highway. 95 or whatever. It's right there. Okay. That explains maybe the quick time in between the the shootings as well. Okay, I'm just going to play this one and tell me what you guys think. Hello, this is Benjamin Haskell Middle School. Uh-huh. We have a child out front that says he's been shot. Uh, how old is he? 12 or 13. Oh, my I'm God, no. Did somebody just drive off with him? Yeah. What? I don't know where. Someone drove off with the kid that got shot? Yeah, so... Drove off with the kid? Benjamin Tasker Middle School in Maryland. Okay, it faces a four-lane highway. This aunt drops her nephew off at the middle school. The car is actually facing this, uh, like, park with all this this wooded area. I'm going to show you right Mm -hmm. now, actually. This is where the sniper was. If you go to talkmurder.com, you can see. Mm -hmm. He was in this wooded area. Now, there's poison ivy and all kinds of stuff in there. Keep in mind. The, uh, The victim's name is Iron Brown. Now, he gets dropped off, and he's got his backpack on it, and he's, you know, walking to school. He's about 20 yards in front of the door to his middle school. He's 13 years old. Got it. And he's an incident on the left side. Hold it, is he Is he conscious and breathing? You guys say he shot him? No, I did not see anybody in the area. He's 13. We were just in front of the school, and he just—he was walking into the school, and I heard a loud noise, and and then he he fell, and is he is he conscious and breathing? Do you hear him in the back? So you the, oh, the person you remember the principal saying someone drove off with him. So basically, here's what happened: he gets shot, and he drops his backpack and everything, and he stumbles back to his aunt's car. Now the aunt doesn't know he's been shot. And this 13-year-old's like, I've been shot, I've been shot. And she doesn't believe him at first until she sees all the blood pulling up. And luckily, 
for everyone. She's a registered nurse. So she throws them in the back of the car and she starts driving like shit to get to the hospital. And this boy survives. Oh, my God. God. Okay, who are you to him? Are you his mother? No, I'm his his, his, um, aunt. You're his aunt? Oh, my goodness. Are you okay, Iron? Okay. Okay, he's still breathing, right? Yes, he's still breathing, but he looks pale. And he has, what is your name? Tanya Brown. Tanya Brown? Honking? I mean, Tyler, let me go I gotta go fast. Let me go fast. Oh, my God. Wow. I'd be driving like a maniac, dude. That, you were driving like that when we yeah. had to take out Hebs to yeah. the hospital. That's true. So People thought I was about to give birth in the backseat. Now, this was a Monday morning. This is October 7th. Now, this all started on the 2nd. Everyone knows about the shooter. Okay? They even know that they're in the county. But the chief of police, the one you just saw, and Chief Moose, they didn't want to cause a panic. So they were like, school's open, resume, you know, the daily activities, stuff like that. Because there is a line here, okay, and they just crossed it, and that is a kid. Well, like, I mean, I would argue that they crossed the line well before that, but uh, it just tips it over the edge. Yeah, but there is a, there is this, what I mean by line is this means they literally will kill anybody. If they're going to try to kill a kid, they would kill anybody. Okay, this shows Mm -hmm. the public right here that. These guys are straight monsters. They do not care. They will kill yeah. a child. They will kill a pregnant woman, which I'm going to talk about later. They'll kill <gasps> anybody. They will kill whoever. Okay. And they they actually prefer it to be shocking like that. Right. All right. So he survived after being shot in the stomach. Now, the injuries were to his diaphragm, liver, and spleen. He lost 20% of his blood. Yikes. He has a wow. hole. He had a hole in his liver. <whistles> yeah, exactly. This is kind of where I'm going to wrap the episode up on this one. And then next episode, we're going to go deep into who these guys are because I know you guys are wondering. Hell yeah. Because they're expert shooters hmm. and. They seem like they're military trained. Yeah. Okay. And probably no no other podcast or whatever goes into this, but there's a very um, radical thinking behind these two men. Hmm. And I want to dive really deep into that, like really deep. Okay. But I want to start with this. Such a cliffhanger right now. But I want to say one thing. The real cliffhanger is that there was a message for the police that they found at that school. Really? Yeah. So if you saw the picture over here, if you're looking back in the bushes right there, mm-hmm. this was actually the first murder that they are. The, this was actually the first shooting that the detectives believe was not done inside the vehicle. Huh? This was the one done on this, the kid one. The kid they, one. They got out of the car. Exactly. This was the first one they found. They used the dog. I was kind of looking up how the dogs were at the police dog. What they do is called bracketing. So they'll pick up a scent, but then they'll lose it. So they'll kind of just go back and forth. You remember seeing those dogs go back and forth and Mm -hmm. back and forth? That's called bracketing until they pinpoint that one scent. And that scent laid right there. He sat down right in front of a human outline. Basically, if you sit on the leaves for an hour, you're going to make this indention. Yep. It was the size of a human. So they knew... 
that that was where the sniper had took position. And there was a log right there where he rested the sniper rifle on. And right beside the shell casing, which was a 223 shell casing, which had matched all the other killings, all the other victims, Mm -hmm. okay, there was a piece of evidence. Now, this is where I want to leave it because this will really get you thinking, especially since you guys don't actually know the story. It'll really get you thinking who these guys are. This was what was left at the scene of the crime. Whoa, a tarot card. A tarot card. This is the death tarot card. And it says, for you, Mr. Police. And then it says, code, call me God. Now, I want to say this leaked for the media within within two-hour period. And every newspaper I read on this day, from this day, said, I am God. Hmm. It was misquoted, okay? But the correct thing is call me God. And then it says, do not release to the press. So tell me, just reading the back of that card and go to talkmore.com to see it. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you think sticks out. There's a few things. Uh, Is this referencing the Black Death, the card? It's either saying like, well, one thing it says, call me God. So it's only saying that there's like one person responsible I mean, even though we know there's two two people involved, it's like only drawing attention to one. Um, They're in quote. Everything's in quotation. Do not release to the press and call me God are in quotations. And I think that that maybe the call me God is is referencing death. So maybe like death is like God of of all. So maybe. Okay. So do you remember? Do you remember uh, the Ted Kaczynski movie? The Unabomber. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the lead detective? His yeah. name was Detective Fitzgerald. Do you remember that guy? Yeah. Okay. He was in charge or he was in the behavioral analysis unit at the FBI, the BAU. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now they constantly get made fun of, especially back then. But he was actually the one that solved that case by doing the forensic linguist, the, the forensic uh, writing, handwriting, handwriting and stuff like that. They solved that case like that. So they call him on this case. And there's an Amazon book out there. Now, it's not a book. It's only an audio book. You can't even read the book. It kind of sucks. But it's an audio book called Call Me God. And he actually gets on there and explains his reasoning as a behavioral analysis unit professional in the FBI, what he sees, hmm. okay, and it's completely different from what you guys saw, which is not no offense. I wouldn't see it either. Also, doesn't he write Call Me God at the top of that? No, the no, front no. of the card, too. This is the, this is the beauty of the— Oh, beha- yeah, I see what you say. Yeah, you it's at the very top. On yeah, two places. This is the beauty of the behavioral analysis, because most police officers and detectives will see exactly what we all see here. But this is what he said, Detective Fitzgerald. Number one, Mr. Police. Mr. Police. Mm -hmm. Where's that from? Who says that? A child. Uh, Have you ever heard that in a song before? Uh Maybe a a reggae song? Bob Marley says that. Yeah! Then we get caught in a roadblock and tell the Mr. Police that ain't got no bird surfing ticket right here. Okay, that's a reggae term. Okay. Okay, that means Hmm. what? Maybe Jamaican. Maybe Jamaican. Good start, right? Another thing he says, do not release to the press. Who says press? Everyone nowadays says media. 
And back in that day, it was media, media, media. Press is never, no one says press. Don't release this to the press. Release to the media. So it's something older? small, but yeah, exactly. It, so it's or an foreign? older, it's an older person. Or foreign, yeah. Or foreign, yeah. So that's kind of what, if you, if you listen to the audiobook, that's kind of what he was talking about. Those two things. And as a behavioral analysis, that one thing, Mr. Police is huge. Like, insanely huge. Okay. okay. To me, it sounds childlike. Yeah, I agree. But what about the Call Me God? Do we have any info on that? I was going to get into this next episode, but I'll tell you real quick from what I know about it. And I'm still going to do a little research on it. But snipers have what the FBI calls a God, God complex. complex. Okay, because they take the life away from someone. Well, not no, not only that, but think if you're a freaking Zeus mm-hmm. up in the sky and you can just easily shoot a lightning bolt and kill someone, you know, and you're a million miles away. Same with a sniper. He could be up in a tower like that movie or, you know, a hundred yards away. And he could just pick anyone off that he wants at his will. It's his will. He can do it because he's God. Okay. Right. He doesn't have to run up and get in a conversation. He could just put his mind to it and you're dead. That's a God complex. That's what snipers supposedly have okay that's that's and i don't know if he meant it like that but that's what the fbi thinks and another thing this is a spree killer case so what i was learning about spree killers is they kill you know just kind of like andrew cunanan and Mm -hmm. the one thing that makes spree killers different is most likely like almost 100 percent of the time is they're going to kill, 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 kill until they're backed into a corner and then they're going to have a shootout or they're going to fight to the last bullet. Mm -hmm. That's a spree killer. Andrew Cunanan was the same way, and they believe these guys are going to be the exact same way. Hmm. Okay, that's the the spree killer. They're going to keep doing it. They knew that from the first, you know, they already know that. Yeah. Okay, so the next episode... We're going to be diving into who these two individuals are. The One of the in- individuals wrote a complete diary, and it's an excellent, excellent read. Huh. It's 245 pages, but it explains everything in perfect detail, huh. and we're going to be reading a lot Did he from write that. that before or during or after? He, no, he, write, he wrote that after, after the fact. Yeah. but Fascinating. Yeah, so we're going to be reading that, and— Instead of just reading the news reports like we've been doing and showing you the uh, like a, you know, the outsider perspective, we're going to be doing a lot of the other murders in his perspective. Hmm. It's like, okay, I loaded the shot. Boom. You know what I'm saying? And that was in his diary. Okay. so that's going to be for next episode. It's going to be very interesting, a lot of psychology, and there's a lot more murders that had taken place. Plus, there's some before these even started. Huh. So, what do you guys think? Wow. This is interesting. I, um, I can't wait for the next time, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, this is a very interesting story. It's It's been really addicting reading, honestly. Like, I just cannot stop thinking about it, but I can't wait to get into more on the yeah. next time. So. Yeah. I feel like we're left on a total cliffhanger right now. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you use. If you like the story, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and want to become our God, go to talkmer.com slash join, become a talker supremo, get a badass t-shirt, sticker swag, a lot of love. Shout it out all over the place. Tell me what story you want me to do. I'll research it, dedicate it to you on the Talk Murder Me podcast. My name is John here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time. Trying to reach the green from here, shooter? That's not possible, sir. I beg to differ. 
Happy Gilmore accomplished that feat no more than an hour ago. Well, moron, good for Happy Gilmore. Oh, my God!